This podcast contains conversations about trauma and other challenging subjects and may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you need resources to get help, please see the show notes. You're listening to Drawn to a Deeper Story. I'm Kath Brew from drawntoastory.com. I'm an artist who illustrates and educates about marginalised experiences for positive change, with a particular interest in identity, belonging and expat life. This podcast is about the lives that challenge us and the difficult conversations around them. It's a place to listen openly, to absorb people's truths and to learn how to show up differently for the benefit of everyone. And that's you included. So if I say gender pay gap, the glass ceiling, women's invisible workload, the human race being known as mankind, women's clothing with crappily small pockets, what are you starting to think about? And then there's taxes. Like in Australia, when taxes were introduced, when we had a goods and services tax introduced, they were introduced for non-essential items like sanitary products. I mean, what's that about? I'll show you non-essential on day one of my period and see if you still think it's a non-essential item. So today, as you might have guessed, we're delving into patriarchy. And this isn't a session for men bashing or to say how awful men are. They're not. Men are lovely. They're really lovely. But rather, it's a conversation about historical patriarchy. All women and men are so used to it that we don't even see it. We don't even often recognise it. And it impacts everything. And in saying all women, I want to acknowledge that I'm including non-binary women too, not just cis women. And so today I'm joined by Chrissy Ward. Welcome to the show, Chrissy, and thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this, this conversation hugely. And uh, before we dig deeper, let me just say a little bit more about who you are for our listeners. Chrissy said to me, I'm a woman, a witch, and a fellow human. It's time to embrace our inner goddesses. It's been a rocky road not the chocolate type, but Chrissy describes herself as a survivor who wants to help her fellow goddesses on their pathways. So how did you start to come to look at the history of patriarchy? How did it start to come into your life to the point where we're now talking about it? <laughs> well, I think, to be honest, it started at an early age because I had three brothers who seemed to get everything given to them. Um, and uh, I always thought, well, why, why can't I have things? Um, why can't, why am I not included in the football games? Why am I, why am I not going to after school clubs? Um, why do I have to go to brownies? You know, uh, when, when actually I want to go to football games and I, I... Oh, we were so alike. <laughs> Except um, I did play football. I played a lot of football. Well, I, I wasn't, I was allowed in, but I was only, I was only allowed to be in the goal. Um, I, I had right. to look after the jumpers either side of the goal. Um, oh. but and then when I did, um, I did think, you know what, I will be a girl, I will join brownies. Um, I found I was kicked out on uh, week two for being too boisterous. Oh, oh. So, yeah, so that's that's where it started. And that, that was just a little inkling of um, actually what's between my legs 
um, mm. isn't as important as what's in between my brother's legs, which does, you know, mm. not to sound too weird, but that's how it was. Um, and then as we went through, I remember a very significant event, actually, it was, um, I think I was, uh, we were studying for our GCSEs. And um, I put my hand up to my maths teacher. And I said to him, I really am not understanding this, could you explain it to me? And he yeah. laughed. Mm -hmm. And I was in top set maths and I was, I think, one of the only girls. And he said, oh, well, let's just hope you get yourself a rich husband. Oh, and I remember <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, because I always respected my elders and I kept thinking to myself, crumbs, how am I going to do that? What, what does he mean? You know, and I, I was really, really panicking. Mm. And a real in your face moment of like what the world is yeah. like that view just whacks yeah. you and he was and he was the local football coach as well so that just put salt into the wound um bless his heart but it's, it's it was like ah okay what what does he mean and then as time went on I remember um saying to um I said to my dad um I'm not sure what career I want to do because um I, I want I really wanted to be a tv presenter if I if I'm honest um and I was told I couldn't mm -hmm. be um, because I wasn't pretty enough. That was the lady who came around the, to the advisor of um, careers. <laughs> wow. It just, it, it's so entrenched, isn't it? Like I said, no. women and men, we don't even see it. It's so strong. And when she said that, she said, well, she's going, you're going to have it. You're going to struggle because of the freckles. <sighs> and I remember, I remember that sentence thinking, ah, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm ugly because <laughs> I've got freckles, which I've never even noticed I had mm. before. Um, so that mm. there was a, it was almost like a little, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, a flood of events happening, mm. and the imposition too of other people's idea of what those things mean to you, like yeah. when you're just you and love being you, and then all this stuff's coming in. You can see how how strong the social constructs are. Yeah, it was, and then I sort of went to my dad, who was actually I thought a very forward thinking, and I said to him, Dad, this is what she said to me, and um, he said, Well, you know, she's not wrong. But mm. she didn't, he didn't mean it in a cruel way. Mm. He just meant it in that's how society is. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't fit in with the stereotypical girl in the 1980s who was going to make it on TV. Mm. So I thought, okay, maybe journalism. And then my dad said, no, you're not cut out for that. So it was, it was constantly, whereas my brothers could do or choose whatever they wanted. Mm. So I ended up doing travel and tourism, which I absolutely hated. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I actually I, I started working at McDonald's and again I was told to go on tills and I said why can I not go in the kitchen oh girls go on the front boys go in the back mm. and that was obviously in the 90s um, so I don't know how that was perceived but anyway I was on the front and I just it was just constant stream of it really mm. and I just got a little bit like what's going on and it wasn't until I began my nursing studies I realized that on the wards, the male nurses were high up or getting further up mm. than the nurses mm. were, the female nurses. And I suddenly looked into pay mm. and how much pay I was going to get. Um, as a student, you think, right, I'm, I'm going to see how much money I'm going to be raking it in. <laughs> and I realized um, compared to, um, for example, 
on Portland, we have a couple of prisons, so we have a lot of prison officers. So I looked at their salary, it was marginally bigger and larger uh, uh, than, than a nursing salary. And I thought, okay. And this was at the time when nurses were being demonized by the government. So we had a lot of um, devil nurses in the, in the, in the papers. Um, so we couldn't ask for pay rises because we were deemed as um, the, the meanies of the world, um, evil nurses everywhere. So I looked into it again and I just kept seeing these gaps. So police were paid a lot more. Mm. Um, doctors obviously were paid a lot more. Um, and, and I just kept thinking, why is this? Mm. So I started looking d- into history and um, I realized that actually nursing was a female led uh, industry. So it just clicked. Mm. Ah, nurses are always going to get paid low because they're a female led industry. So um, what I decided to do then, I thought, right, I'm going to go and be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) another female led (laughs) career. So I did a degree in history and I started to, I was really, really focusing on um, female history in particular throughout the ages. And every single female led industry has inadequate pay compared to male led industries, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Okay. Um, And males in those industries are fantastic they do a fantastic job but they are always nudged ahead quicker Mm. and I'm not sure why that is Mm. um one of my shifts where I was the lead person I was actually working with um, a new chap he just joined the team he it was his second day of shadowing the consultant came in um, and went straight to him to ask him advice about the patient wow and I was thinking what and Mm. you know the the man was like oh I don't know I've only been here two days and then the consultant went, well, who's in charge? And I said, well, um, I am. Mm. <laughs> or, or, or I'm in charge of this patient today anyway. Mm. Um, and and it, it just, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It, mm. I just felt overstepped. Mm. And I, I just find as a woman, I'm overstepped and I'm invisible. Yeah. And I just wanted to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> you say you wonder, you were wondering why the men were getting ahead much quicker you've just given a really good example of all of those instances in your life leading up to to what you're talking about where you've wanted to do things at every step of the way someone's told you why you couldn't do it whereas you talk about your brothers and I imagine men more generally it's like well yeah if you want to do that you go off and do it there's an emotional barrier put for women all the time I think as well as then a physical barrier of women can't do this or women can't do that I think you answered your own question <laughs> yeah indeed and <laughs> um, it is hard because there's there's it's a whole world of what our perception is and it's so silent we don't even realize it mm. so as a as a nursing student when I was asked to catheterize a woman mm-hmm. I would go in and catheterize the woman when I was catheterizing men I numbed the area and gave them painkiller. Is that because you were told to? Yeah. So when I questioned it, I said, why am I giving men painkillers or numbing the area? Why am I not doing the same? Because there was a numbing gel that you put yeah. in first, not to be too graphic. Yeah. And I was thinking, why, why don't they do this for women? And this was back in 2003. I was just told that's the protocol because that's the protocol. I recently was catheterized and it's the same protocol Still. now. Yeah, I've got still. all kinds of swear words coming up in my head at the moment <laughs> because that take that's just triggered a memory for me is that I remember once when I was catheterized and yeah. I I remember someone saying to me afterwards commenting on it afterwards because when it was removed it was so incredibly painful yeah yeah and nothing was done there was no 
like that just suddenly makes sense and I'm all angry all again <laughs> yeah wow it's one of those things that I I because uh, later on in in, in my career I, I was catheterizing because I worked with dis district nurses so I was thinking ah I, I have to do this a lot and I, I just kept saying can I can I do this but you have to go with protocol obviously mm. and oh. protocol is women do not have it now I do not know why um wow. I feel there may be maybe it's that they're saying it's an infection risk or something like that but I imagine putting anything into any hole of the body creates an infection Absolutely. risk yeah so I began to look back at history again mm. and I started to look deeply into the history of women mm. and time after time after time there was this almost black hole of history over the torture and hurt of women um, during the witchcraft times mm -hmm. I suddenly had um, an epiphany thinking I wonder how deep this goes into our into our patriarchal society mm. Because this was a time where women were classed as witches. They weren't flying around on broomsticks. Mm. They probably might have been cursing under their breath, but they certainly <laughs> didn't have any magic. Nothing's okay? changed there um, then. <laughs> no, no, they were basically being picked out of society because they maybe didn't fit in or mm. they, they said something. And there became this whole history of what's going on. So women, to be classed as a witch, a, a religious chap or a witch finder would be called by their so-called God. And he would then run a pen or, or a, a needle across the, the woman's body and then if they came across a freckle or something um, he would have a very sneaky button which he would press this button and a needle would go into that point so if she screamed out she was a witch God. right okay so so basically so basically it was a silver it was a silver rod and it was meant it, if you run it over your, your skin you're absolutely fine but if you're a witch and it hits a, the devil's mark you would scream but it was actually a hidden pin so women learned this early on not to scream when they have pain because if they show pain they're going to be told off and I just feel that this fear of pain it's in us so mm. deeply that we mm. we've actually shot ourselves in the foot now because we have no pain uh, we are told we have a high pain mm. threshold we are told we can give birth without painkillers if you have a natural birth you're a hero if you don't you're a, you're yeah, a failure interesting it's like whoa 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 if men are not you know not been horrible my husband said to me if I had a baby and I had to push that <laughs> out of my body you know he says sometimes he has poos and he needs gas and air you know so I'm <laughs> absolutely like, yeah <laughs> I can hear women <laughs> cheering at, the, at their microphone I mean their headphones as well <laughs> <laughs> I'm mm. wondering you know is is this the root is this the root of why we are so embarrassed mm. of our pain is this why we distrust our pain because we are beautiful wonderful creatures we are we bleed mm. every month some of us bleed every month if you are a, a woman who's coming into our sisterhood and you started off life um from a different gender then welcome 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 and you will understand mm. the pain and I want you to embrace yeah. that pain okay because I want you know pain is a wonderful thing and we've we've denied ourselves this pain because we've seen it as dirty nasty and mm. evil but when we go to the doctors and things like that we should be given mm. pain relief we should be offered it i know women who don't take tablets for period pain because that's seen as a weakness and that's every single month and i don't know about you yeah. i mean i mean i'm on the floor sometimes when it's been as bad as it has in in years and yeah. to think that 
that women have to do this all the time. It also makes me think about epigenetics and that whole ancestral trauma and the line, like what comes down through women and how that manifests in women today. It's it just blows everything yeah. open. Yeah. And I think it's it's very difficult because um, periods are painful and they're meant to be painful. And they, you know, it, your body is discharging mm. a lot of stuff that mm. it doesn't need. But we are also meant to listen to our bodies. We are meant to be given mm. the time to sit oh, on the sofa, absolutely. take our painkillers, relax. Yeah. But we can't. We have to get up. We have to crawl out of our bed with our bloodstained sheets. We have to get mm. into the shower. We have to yeah. get ready for work and we have to go off and do that 12 hour mm. shift feeling yeah. like crap and it's so hard there is such an inadequacy now and I have two daughters now who I find are struggling some days to mm. get to school and I just want to give them mm. days off and I just I feel this is something that we need and it's so inadequate and like you were saying about mm. sanitary towels why the hell no, am I, I paying tax on sanitary <laughs> you know I'm I'm more than happy to go yeah. free flow, but I don't think society would like me walking through Tesco's leaving Absolutely. a trail behind me. <laughs> yeah, you should have heard the outrage when it happened. The women were like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. And also, unfortunately, I suffered from um, what they would call these days mm. period poverty. My my mum, God rest her soul, she was gorgeous. She was brought up in a children's home, which was run by the Church of England. And she basically believed wholeheartedly that periods were evil, dirty mm. and the sin of Eve. Mm. And I, I remember having my first period and nothing was told to me. Nothing was said to me. I just ran downstairs mm. and I said, Dad, mm. Dad, I'm dying. And he said, what? And I said, I'm bleeding out of my bum. And he went, you're not bleeding out of your bum. And I was like, what is going on? And he was like, did your mum not talk to you? And I was thinking, whoa, 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 what do you mean Mm. has mum not talked to me? Um, And then Mm. I found out it was normal. But that Christian church context, I mean, people, women talk about it being the curse, didn't they? Like it, it, it's loaded language all around. Yeah. Because um, my mum wouldn't say the word period. I don't think she no. ever said the word vagina. And mm. she, I mean, I remember that night she came to my room and she went, well, now you, you, you're, the words were, now you've started the curse. And I was like, oh. what, 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 what have I done? Am I, am mm. I naughty? But if I went to her and asked her for period pants or towels, um, I would never get them. It was hidden mm. and it was locked away. And I feel that she was a little bit older and she did have an early menopause so she didn't have any that I could steal sort of thing Mm, so I found um many times I was rolling up toilet roll Mm. and using that and I remember I'm laughing about it now but it was devastating at the time yeah it would have been I was I was um walking through um senior school and I remember um everyone was like going uh and my piece of toilet roll had fallen out of my pants down my trouser leg onto the I can honestly say I do not want any child no. any girl in this entire planet to have to go through anything mm. like that um i'm i'm still distraught that i found out that some um some girls are sent off to caves for days at a time to to where the, when they have their periods they're unclean they're they're, mm. they're ousted out of society for a few days you know i don't know how we can change this no i wonder also with some of that that i kind of want to unpack that a bit in that when you look at women's that time of the month and if you look then spiritually across various religions you, you've got one extreme of what you're talking about with 
your mother and that kind of church upbringing being the curse. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side where women in certain cultures are revered and as these amazing producers of life and, and often are separated with the good intention of, like you say, you need to be allowed to be in that space. But there's also this murky middle line where it becomes an unclean thing and where it was once seen as something beautiful in a spiritual sense or universal like bodily sense, it's now become a discomfort and awkwardness. So we'll cast you out. That middle line really interests me and, and where the influences have come to make that something that's about being unclean and unsavory and something we don't like to talk about so we cast you out do you have any thoughts or or knowledge about that basically um the history i've looked into and obviously there's uh, history is is like looking into a pond you you can't see the Mm. depths of it so you can only see what floats to the surface but i think it was the the roman catholic church um who who sort of stuck to that point that women were evil because they they created the original sin of eve um and i think this is where it comes from Mm. and basically the links to that was because because at the time, women were the healers in the town. Women were the midwives of the town. Women worked with women. Women um, helped. There was always a, an odd lady in the village that would go and go at the mm. time, oh, we're going to give birth, okay? So the church would say that actually men weren't allowed to be with women at that time because they shouldn't see women uh, bleeding. They shouldn't see women doing this because it was evil. They were, they were, they were watching evil. Mm. So there is all of this history there as well. The only mm. downside to this is that actually... Some Suddenly, some men realise that actually um, there's there's money here in in medicine. (laughs) So they would start to say that the midwives had done it wrong, and then they would demonise the midwives, and then suddenly the midwife was the local witch who was you know not meant to be Mm. seen and things like that. Because then the men could step in and and make some money from the situation at that time. Okay, Mm. the problem is that a lot of women died. Uh, and they still do around the world because they of, of childbirth and it's it's mm. very very hard I just feel like it was almost I don't because I find that the church is a wonderful staple for people who need um something to hold on to something to believe in and I don't want to bash mm-hmm. the church but um mm. during this time the church did sort of demonize women and they they sort of made out that because we bled it was the devil um, making us bleed as if to say this is your sin and it's such a shame because before then we were the givers of life we held a whole world in our womb we had children we could we could create worlds and you know people used to sort of take your um cyclic blood every month and they would put it onto crops to make them grow better and things like that you know wow. and that and it, yeah. proper yeah, celebration of women like and running around yeah. vaginas flapping in the mm. air and it was lovely um but it's, yeah. it's just well and fertility symbols like it was a public yeah. and it and and to, when you look at it now to the degree that an awful lot of men couldn't well and women actually I have to say and women cannot describe their own genitalia their own no. anatomy because it's we we don't know it's taken me a long time to realize that actually um my cervix is not my vagina (laughs) i'm with you on that one (laughs) i laugh but yeah I was 13 I when I realized I had two three holes I was thinking oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I know. a bowling ball I know <laughs> I, I would never forget I have to just bring this in because it always made me laugh I never forget being in a, in high school early high school in sex education class and there was a guy who put up his hand his question was how do we know which hole to go into and 
and I remember smiling to myself but like the whole room as you can imagine was like dead <laughs> silent um and this wonderful teacher just explained it all and I still to this day really proud of him for asking that question and being the one to ask and to have those conversations because similarly we were 13 14 and I'm sure that whole room wanted to know the same yeah, yeah, the same yeah. question but we we don't we don't talk about it we don't um, and it's hard because we were separated at school so we had the girls lesson and we had the boys lesson I don't I never knew what the boys mm, were talking about to be no. fair and I don't mean to be graphic I did not know that um that penises spat at you until I, I met one, until really? I met one that got too happy, and uh, I was like, "Oh my god, what's that?" And I was absolutely shocked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, you know. So it's yeah. it's just this whole world where we're not allowed to talk about it, and you know we have to be yeah. able to talk about it. And women have to be proud of their vaginas, and they have to embrace that their mm. their wombs. And and women, so I, I go by the, the theory of maiden, uh, mother, and crone, which is the cyclic yeah. cyclic mm -hmm. area of the woman. And I feel that the maids, uh, maidens are all trying to be powerhouses where they can where they can just like get the career get this get that and they've got so much on their shoulders okay and then the motherhood mm -hmm. comes but they've still got to have the career and the motherhood and they've got to be 100% great and it's almost like we're all we're, mm -hmm. as women we're constantly trying to fit into what the society wants us to be and we always yeah. we always always fail and I don't mean that mm -hmm. as we are failing I just mean we can never be what they want us to be no, you can never meet that no. standard because it's not a standard that's no. realistic. I think one of the problems with, I'm going to say, Western society is that there aren't those initiations and those processes. If you look at Indigenous communities, like, I mean, I know in Australia, in Aboriginal communities, that there's this whole thing of boys being sent out into the bush to, to then find their way back. There's, there's rites and rituals, there's scarring of bodies, there's all these things that happen that are about initiation into to manhood and into to womanhood and I think in that context there's so much that is not dealt with and we just end up with this kind of yeah. big mess in modern society western society because like you say you you can get to an awful awfully old age before you actually know yeah. anything you're trying to find your own way and there's you as a child getting all these emotional messages from adults that you're trying to work out in your head. And I think if we could be more overt and more consciously active in passing down wisdom through generations, and, and I mentioned this because a, a friend of and colleague of mine, Sunday Schneider Bean, has this project, Wisdom Fusion, and the things that we need to talk about and learn from each other. And, and you can have wisdom as an older woman just as much as you yeah. can have as a young yeah. woman. It's different, yeah. different layers. This We need this exchange. And it's, it's, it's the same thing. So I, I've never been a male, so I can't speak for them. But from what mm -hmm. I, I was talk, talking to my husband yesterday about what I was going to say today, and he was, he was just saying that as a white privileged man, I'll put that forward first, because you know yeah. if, if he was a different um, uh, race, it might it would be different for him. Mm -hmm. But as a white privileged man who, who's, who's lived in Dorset a long time, um he he said he's never felt obstructed and mm. he said that he, it it makes him angry and this is why I love men because he has sat in rooms uh, in, in consultant rooms with me where we're talking about my illness my vagina my body and the consultant has looked above me 
and said, what do you think? To him? <gasps> to him? Oh, and then he... That's outrageous. And, and also, uh, oh, oh, and how's the sex for you? To him. <gasps> and my husband, I know, bless his heart, he's always sort of said, I'm really sorry, this is my wife's body, not mine. And Good for him. And I just, yeah. and he just says it, it just makes him angry. And even mm. recently, we had somebody come around to give us a quote for, the, for, for a kitchen, for some kitchen cupboards and things. And he just looked straight above me and straight to my husband. Um, and I was thinking, why do they do this? Um, yeah. And that's just crackling on now. I mean, and I, I just don't know how to how to nip it in the bud. But no. um, when I was saying like women, we're always trying to be, who are we meant to be? You know, how, yeah. how are we going to get this recognition? And that's why I don't want us to try anymore. I just want us to embrace our goddesses in ourselves and be who we Just get on with are. it. Yeah, because in the 50s, mm. you had the... Um, you have the the housewife um mm. and then um because of my background's medicine um which and then valium was invented or um mm -hmm. or tranquilizers um and then in the 60s we had sexual freedom and then the pill was invented and all of these mm. you know these medications then we had the career women and then in the 80s we had career women but they could only succeed if they copied their men or they copied the male patriarch yeah know? And then you're seen as being aggressive if you are. Exactly. And then, and then in the 90s, when I was a teenager, we had the ladettes. So I, I oh, had to fit yeah. in. I had to be able to look absolutely stunning, but be able to drown 10 pints of lager to be a, <laughs> you know, to be a part of the gang. And yeah, I've just, yeah, I've never... <laughs> thought of anything so undesirable <laughs> and it's just like so who when do we get accepted and it's not the men yeah. that aren't accepting us it's the society yeah and I used to be so angry and I remember now I, I used to think god I was quite wise but I used to be so angry at the um publications the magazines with the skeletal women on the front and you know mm. that whole pressure to be like this and mm. that was that was women-led Mm. that was women-led that wasn't male-led that was women-led and mm. but it's entrenched patriarchy yeah. isn't it? like they don't even know that they're no, doing exactly. it like it's so yeah. inbuilt mm. it's like a silent a silent killer sort of thing and mm. and um it's it's so hard because we have learned to distrust our sisters and again i'm harping back to the um history i wish i could call it something other than the witchcraft years but it was it was the, they call it the burning years the burning time mm. um but you know women were were set against women we would uh, we mm -hmm. wouldn't trust each other because you would be holed up in a cell there'll be a bunch of you there'll be old people there'll be young people there'll be medium age people and they would all be against each other and if one person said oh she did it they would get released from this torture but then the others would be, yeah. you know burnt so there is mm -hmm. this innate distrust against women women mm -hmm. are women distrust each other and that's something we have that's one thing that the patriarch has put in to us that we have to get rid of we have to start mm, and stop judging our sisters stop being mm. stop judging how they are if like I remember um at school um but a girl came in one day and she was like oh my god so and so did something to it the week I won't say the words um but at the weekend um and and she was slut shamed and at, but mm. the boy I remember you know he, he could have been on the shoulders of all the other men you know and it was like oh my goodness I and I, I was just thinking yeah. why are women so callous to each other and I think that's I mean yeah. I grew up with brothers but I think that's why I've always I've always hung around with men I've always been quite proud mm. that I'm, I'm more of a, a, a I hang around with men I get on with men better but it's because I was so mm. frightened that if I did something wrong the women in the society would turn against me yeah I've often said to people that to me 
one of the scariest things in life is a room full of women mm -hmm. because I'm terrified of what's not being said but what's being thought and all the the layers that men are there's it's less complicated there's a you go into a room and you know where you are and and I find that much easier but also what I would say is that you're talking about that kind of slut shaming and then magazines that have these kind of gorgeous tall thin women whatever mm. and actually I was gorgeous too but I wasn't tall and thin I was I was fatter or chubbier and so then also if you add another whole layer like the intersectionality then of realizing realizing I was gay trying to find your place in that when I was younger I remember thinking am I gay because I'm not like those women like what does it mean to be female what does it mean to be a woman I mean I'm absolutely am gay and I have worked that out but it, it was part <laughs> of that conversation is is well, what does that really mean to be a woman? Does, if I'm not that, what's being portrayed as being feminine, am I less than? Like, what does that what does that mean? And I think a really scary context to sit in as girls growing up. But I also think, I, I mean, I've often said, and I, I'd be interested in your thoughts actually, that cis men, so men who were born as men and who identify as men, also need a movement that is like feminism, but for men because yeah they've lost who they are as well like there's this emerging this this idea of what it is to be male within a patriarchal society yeah. with women who are finding themselves more like there's there needs to be a lot more inner work should we say I think yeah on both and sides. I think I think because women throughout the ages we we have been everything we have been everything mm. we have been we have been mum we have been dad we've been both we've been this that the mm. other we've we've been we've been the teenage mums you never hear about teenage dads we've been the teenage mums mm. we've been this that and the other and I think from all of that we've we've sort of dipped our toe in and we've tried this we've tried that hasn't worked we we, we do know ourselves quite well we have been yeah. given almost a gift from our from all the women that have gone before us we have been given this gift to actually actually you are here but men are mm. completely lost and also I'm finding now that the patriarchal society is turning against men and I'm finding mm. that difficult um so if I am in a supermarket it's all right for the for the person on it's all right for the woman shall I say on the checkout to be rude to my husband um so if he doesn't get the bags ready like oh he's not helping and it's like oh gosh let's mm. not and uh, my husband um had a had an issue once when he was uh, he opened the door <laughs> for someone at work who was a female and um he opened the door and she was like I don't need you to open the door <laughs> and he was like I'm lost I don't know what to do he says oh, no. he just sits there with his arms to his side thinking I'm just going to take it I don't know what I'm allowed to do anymore yeah um, everything's become so gendered yeah. like you can hope you can open the door for someone because it's a nice thing to yeah. do I, th I think this is where we end up with that because women have been treated so poorly you end up with the extreme the other way where you do get people that are like their, their tolerance of what they have to deal with from other people in, in terms of a discrimination point of view is so low that it becomes a defensive action all the time that opening the door is an ad, an act of aggression in a way yeah. when actually it's not and my fear with all of this is that that escalates that we need to actually calm it down and realize that men aren't the enemy there are men are wonderful yeah. Some men aren't and some women aren't and some 
non-binary people aren't like it's it's this mix of what it all is yeah. to be human yeah. but yeah but it just feels like a big mess at I times. know but then on the other hand he does say to me if he had a, a cyst hanging off of his testicles the size of a mango would he be told to go home and have paracetamol um <laughs> until it got so bad he ended up in emergency surgery and you know needing blood transfusions wow. and things so he you know there is there is this sort of, there's yeah. still an injustice there's still an imbalance and I think sometimes I do think that women um we we've never really had a movement and when I say that mm. I mean that in the in the kindest of senses but it's we, we always sort of seem to step back and say actually it's time for their movement to come through and also all mm. the all those wonderful amazing people that have pushed forward um pride I mean look at pride from mm. many many years ago that would have been mm. nothing and those those advocates for pride who have gone through hell let's face it to let mm. pride become such a wonderful thing we've never really had that for women I guess and mm. when we try we're, we're called feminists um Annie Lennox yeah. Annie Lennox I remember her she's she's one of my heroes she got me through some very dark teenage days um wailing yeah. in the background um she has never been recognized for the true woman she is until now and she says it mm. she says it now like I was I was always called a feminist I was always uh, it, it hurt her career to speak out sometimes about women yeah and being called a feminist um is is sometimes such an insult yeah and because I remember someone called me a feminist once and I, I said no I'm not a feminist I'm a witch because I just <laughs> wanted another title that they would yeah. baffle them and you know and it's something I'm passionate about because it's almost like stop putting a label on me if you need a label yeah. this is it but yeah don't because that label becomes a judgment and that's something I really yeah. I want to take out of society. And I'm just I'm just saddened that we've got all these hidden patriarchal setups for women. We're always going to fail unless we truly embrace ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting what you say about that with the word feminism and being a feminist. To me, it highlights how much the male is the norm and and is seen to be objective rather than subjective and if you're a woman you're like a deviation of standard humanity you're what if your viewpoint means that you're being different you're being a problem when actually they should be able to sit next to each other yeah. it, it's like I, I remember hearing a, a black woman on the radio talking about writing uh, she was a, a, an author and she was talking about how everybody expects her to write about racial issues. And she said, if I write about something, I'm deemed to be writing about racism. If a white person writes about it, they're deemed to be writing about humanity. And there's this subtle difference all the time yeah. put on, it's like a lens that everything is, yeah. is viewed. It's an absolute truth when yeah. it's not. Uh, it, it's, it's very hard. I mean, like historically, um, I think the Victorian times was one of the major sources of our um, patriarchal society we have today. Um, mm. They took bits and pieces from history and turned it into this massive thing. So again, a bit like the Industrial Revolution, they took a little bit of these thoughts and theories and they turned it into a massive thing. So in, in those days, so all of our racism probably stems sim well it's, it's a bit deeper than that but uh, it was it was very much made money from in the in the victorian mm. era and also uh, the white male of that time was the supreme predator of that time not all of them but a lot of them and 
everything that we, we we tried to work on in years gone by uh through all of all of this was sort of knocked down a little bit and and the the male patriarchal just stepped forward which was so bizarre because we had a female queen mm. and again i'd love to have five minutes with queen victoria and say to her what on earth- <laughs> you probably could yeah. knowing your abilities <laughs> yeah. what on earth were you thinking because i don't know it was almost like a, a free-for-all if you were a white male you could do whatever you wanted and I think it's still going on now obviously uh, medical history women were treated abysmally um black women were treated horrifically um mm. they would do all sorts of actually a lot of women's knowledge of medication uh, uh women's health comes actually from the torture of black women in the Victorian times um, and when oh, I say right. torture they were deemed as they were not um, human so they could do mm. experiments on them there is some horrific experiments that I've read about on black women but actually women's health and women's health care hasn't really moved forwards um, we are mm-hmm. still completely blind about what's going on and it's almost like women are just meant to get on with it um, mm-hmm. but actually so historical studies have shown that male um, health they have looked into male health um, they have made progress they've done this that and the other but women's health is very much still secret it's almost like we keep our vaginas inside of us it doesn't mean that they don't want to be looked after just because they <laughs> don't want to come out yeah I know and then when they do come out we're sort of made to feel bad you know? um, <laughs> absolutely so do you think then that the male dominance in science research like there's a male bias in research that then affects outcomes for female patients yeah 100% 100% if you look at the um studies that they are looking into it's due to older history where women are are hiding their pain um and mm. it's it's so difficult i mean the word hysterical is is linked to a woman so hysterical mm. is linked to her womb is linked to her vagina um because the hysterectomy um takes away and you calm the patient um women were lobotomized for having um anxiety attacks or or shouting at their husband um or you know if you're 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 in the victorian times your husband's dead the government's just come down to take away your house your children are being taken away into care and you're not allowed to have a fit or hysterical fit (laughs) you're gonna be fine don't you know that (laughs) and you go off to the workhouse where you're where you're deemed as insane and you're sent then to an insanity um uh, yeah and then your body the ptsd of those women must have been horrendous yeah. when you yeah. you look at it it was it was horrific but that ptsd has come down in generations 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 so we're all very wary now so you said earlier about not taking painkillers we're frightened yeah. because we don't want to be seen as weak because we will be put in the workhouse we will be um we will have a lobotomy mm. we will be uh, electric treatment um mm. Uh, the only good thing that came out of Victorian experiments on women was the vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> we got, we can, I'll thank them for that. I'll say that in my prayers tonight. <laughs> I, I wanted to also just um, add to that, that something I was reading this week was talking about the, the data that exists in terms of diagnosing women. So you talk about the research being done on on men and, and women's bodies of this unknown. I was reading about how with heart attacks, talking about how women are, are at risk because their symptoms are outside of like the, the data that exists, like women's bodies 
behave differently and so there's a like you say with your husband being expected to gonna be in pain and and not seek help the opposite of that Mm. is that women do the same because we're meant we're told that it's a failure if we don't if we feel this this way or and you end up with people in hospital half dead because they haven't wanted to be a bother or they haven't wanted to make an issue about something that they know in their guts not right and yet I'm hesitant to start another whole conversation but it does relate when you look at women's menstrual cycles and Mm -hmm. menopause and what what women are dealing with on just like endometriosis and all that kind of stuff it's just yeah I mean um I've I've had endometriosis since I was about 15 but I only had it diagnosed when I was 42 wow so and, and that was only because I was on the operating theater on Easter Sunday evening at midnight um with a massive um uh, <laughs> uh wow. arterial bleed in my womb uh due to a cyst that I was given paracetamol for and told to go home three days before um, wow uh, that makes me so angry stuff yeah. like that it just yeah and I think I I'm angry for myself but I'm also mm. angry that I've never been able to have a career because I've I've had we've clocked it up I've had 32 jobs um and I fainted and passed out and had to go sick in every single one Mm. um so that's that's you know so my life hasn't really uh, where would my life be I'm successful in myself I'm successful in my life but there has been a long few decades where I've been unsuccessful and I felt very, very failure. Mm. And I, I don't want other women to go through this. And also when I worked on the cardiology ward, it used to annoy me a little bit because if a woman came in, um, if she didn't have the three or four symptoms that one size fits all, then mm. she wasn't really acknowledged. And that used to really upset me because yeah. I think women get pain in other places when they have um, a heart attack. Um, mm. w- women have different feelings. Women have different symptoms. And because it isn't a one size fit all, um, she, she won't get the treatment she needs. So, and it's yeah. very, very difficult. Um, so unfortunately, there is, a, there is an inadequate system at the moment for treating women with with heart attacks and serious issues like that um and also women for some bizarre reason are always classed as how's the word not hysterical but um oh emotional emotional yeah I think that's what it is I remember once I I passed out at work and um I was sent home and they said oh how's your period pain and I remember thinking, oh my gosh. And I, I actually thought to myself, I must be making this up. I've been mm. told it so often. I thought I must be making it up. And I thought, yeah, you start to doubt. toughen mm. up. And then I had Bethany, my oldest child. I gave birth to Bethany on paracetamol because mm. Bethany, giving birth to Bethany was less painful than my periods. No. Yeah. And afterwards, the midwife said to me, oh, don't be scared, but you might bleed a little bit afterwards, you know, for a few days. Mm. And my it was the lightest period I've ever had. Really? And, yeah. And that's when I thought this isn't normal. But they no. do not believe you when you say that they don't believe you. And no. it's, it's so hard. And I'm just thinking, why are we not believed? Why are we not taken yeah. seriously? Um, and it really irritates me. And, and then you feel like you're being a bother because you start to doubt my first experience with the GP I um I remember I went to him and with with terrible pain I was actually vomiting you know before school and I was trying to 
And he said, mm. oh, oh, you'll grow out of it. All you need to do is have a baby. I was 15 at the time. I wasn't really, I didn't even know which hole was where, let alone having baby. Um, and, Not a helpful <laughs> And then I remember that. And then I remember having Bethany and the, the, the problems didn't go away. And I was just like, why? They're just fattening me off. And I mm. knew at that time, they're just, they're just putting me off, mm. putting me off, putting me off. And it's just so inadequate. The systems, we don't know anything about the, the female form. And it scares me because as women, we 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 need some um, information. We need, but nobody's actually looking into it, no, nobody's mm. studying it. Um, Endometriosis UK um, is a charity um, that's 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 helped me. Um, and if anyone has any issues, they can go on there and get loads of help and things like that because they I think the, the mm, words fantastic. are we hear you, we see you. Oh and I think, I think mm. that's important and they like they say we can't give you any answers we're looking into it and they've had a, a load of um, I think it's of international mm. women's day they've had lots of posters and things going up saying you know and stop the taboo of my illness um, and there is a taboo because mm. when you I don't know why but whenever we mention periods whenever we mention vaginas ovaries cervixes people mm. I can feel people's toes curling and and I don't know why that is and why people's toes curl when you say vagina I mean I'm not being funny but they've only just started showing red on the body form adverts <laughs> oh I know on period product ads it's always blooming blue liquid I know as a teenager I, I was like you know I was just picking up my toilet roll from the from the from the corridor as everyone's staring mm. at me thinking <laughs> why am I not wearing white shorts playing tennis and, and ice and ice skating and things why am i why am i suffering why am i hurting why am i bleeding yeah. the women on tv don't bleed no um, so what's wrong with me then if yeah. That's, yeah exactly and it's very hard i think what a lot of it comes back to is also what you're talking about with that with the endometriosis society is it's like ruth bader ginsburg has that wonderful quote where she just says women belong in all places where decisions are being made and it shouldn't be that women are the exception and I think when we're put to the forefront and we're allowed to exist in the forefront and there's the same level of financial backing, only then will this really, really start to change because it's yes. we have to be in those places where the rules are made and where the yes. research is being done and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. I have, through my work, I've picked up a lot of clients from around the world, and some of them are super, super high up in, in society. And what mm. I mean by that is in, in the workplace. Um, and they've had to work twice as hard to get mm. where they are. And um, when I was saying about like the 50s, the 60s, 70s, and we've, we've all been these different characters, these women have been those characters. They have been the ball breaker. They have yeah. been the bitch. They have been this. They have been that. And um, they are now in places where they can make decisions. But even the, the one I'm, I'm referring to, she she's very high up and she is still struggling. She's in pharmaceuticals mm. in America. She is still finding it so hard to push forwards um, proper painkillers for women. Um, apparently, I didn't know this, but in, in America, they were giving women Oxycontin for period pain. <laughs> Wow. Um, and I obviously that's a whole different podcast the the, yeah. the opioid uh, pandemic that went on over there wow. which is still going on and a lot of women were becoming addicted to opioids because of them and it's almost like that there is there are painkillers out there that you can yeah. take uh, I'm just yeah. absolutely gobsmacked but there aren't yeah. enough women in the high high areas and if there are oh. they're too scared to talk how they want to talk or be who they want to yeah. be because they're scared they're going to be pushed out and, and laughed yeah. at or they're just bloody tired of fighting yeah and that's yeah. that's that's hard work I mean I 
even I mean in expat circles you I've seen people talk about visa forms that they fill out and as a woman you might be working in a country and you 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 have to get a visa to go to another country and I read about a woman who was still had to put that she was dependent on her husband and she was still the spouse rather than the leader of the assignment you look at national sports teams are always the men's team and if it's a women's team it's the national women's team it's not just the national team phone screens are too big for women's hands they're based on men's hands like police stab vests fit male bodies not women's bodies or like they talk about the breast shape and hip shape but then at the same time there's a lot of women who don't really have boobs and are narrow hips like there's all these things that are just I know and um cricket bats they're made for men's sizes and, and men's hands and um, yeah. they are changing a little bit now but I remember that when my daughter went to play cricket we couldn't get her a, a girl's cricket bat if that makes sense but no but it was just impossible yeah um, and it, it just it's all stems from I don't you know I wish I could go back in time and find a, a pinpoint where I could make a change but there is no pinpoint it's just no. been a gradual gradual growth yeah uh, and it's, it's ever so sad. And I don't want my girls to face the horrors that I faced. But then my horrors were nothing in compared to my mother's, my grandmother's, yeah. my great grandmother's. Yeah. And it's it's this whole thing. And I think that the thing that sort of really sort of opened my eyes was turning to the word witch and the word mm. witchcraft. And I suddenly looked at words, historical words, and I wanted to say that the word virgin mm. used to actually indicate it was it was actually for a woman who was sexually active, very sexually independent, but she didn't rely on a man. So she was a, vir- a virgin was actually a, a woman who did not need a man or was not reliant upon a man. Mm-hmm. So she would have her own money for some reason. And for some reason, the word virgin has, has over the years has become this sort of white ethereal creature yeah. that's not allowed to have sex. We're, we're meant to be virgins now. We're meant yeah. to be beautiful little virgins. Too- it's too dangerous for the patriarchy for us to be anything else isn't it well, yeah I, so, so it's like well come on you know so I mean it's really hard because I don't want to push my girls into sort of saying you know go and spread your oats and things but at the, at the same time I don't want them to be so ashamed of themselves no. like, I don't want them to be ashamed of their sexuality I don't no. want them to think that they have to be virgins you know mm-hmm. um so it's, it's hard it is and and I think that's a, a really interesting kind of point to, to finish on really is is how when you're bringing up girls as parents how you there's so much that you can do within the home environment and I when I say girls I mean non-binary girls as well like everybody who identifies as as woman but how we instill those values that strength and pride and celebration in girls when we then know there's still this systemic stuff so kind of half of me is like yeah let's keep fighting and then also half of me like oh I'm tired I'm already tired I know it's it's so hard and also I it's really tricky because there are there's there's a huge wonderful new wave of sisters joining the sisterhood Mm. who may have originally have been born a different gender and they're coming into it and I just feel that they are so vulnerable and Mm, I just feel that they need some they need some support it's almost like I wish I wish I could call myself a nanny goat and say look any sisters that are joining the sisterhood come under my wing we need nanny mm. goats to help these absolutely beautiful women step into the world because they have been persecuted they have been persecuted for mm-hmm. years and years and years and years but they it's almost like the women of the patriarch are too scared to embrace them and yeah. the, the males of the patriarch are against them and mm. I just feel like these wonderful women need to join us and they need to join us fully um yeah. 
because they need to fight for their rights and we need to fight for their rights as well because they are part of our sisterhood they are they are who we are absolutely like i don't get if cis women if we view ourselves as being marginalized and, and having to fight why why marginalize someone else who's even more marginalized and that's like why persecute let's all get together and actually work as women yeah. to embrace this goddessness use the experiences if people have transitioned use the things that that they've experienced and they've understood to help the rest of us fight what we're trying to fight like it's lived experience if we separate we're just going to be more of an issue we need to embrace and and work together i think yeah yeah and vice versa for all our sisters who who wish yeah. to who wish to become males we need to give them the step up and the joy and and the celebration of them as Absolutely. well and to say you know what you're not stepping away from the goddess you are you're stepping into a wonderful person who you are and i yeah, think that's yeah. why we need to sort of embrace ourselves and love ourselves and love everybody around us and it's so frustrating because i just want everyone to just sort of give everyone a little bit if you need a helping hand here take yeah. a helping hand you know yeah. be nicer and kinder to each other i think yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. hopefully it will all it will all sort itself out but yeah i just yeah. think that women i want women to just sort of stop trying to be somebody else and just be who you are no matter who mm. you are and you know when we talk about bleeding and periods and things there are a lot of people who don't bleed anymore and there are a lot mm. of people who who can't bleed or hysterectomies have stopped mm. them from bleeding so it's almost like you know just embrace who you are it doesn't actually mm. matter what the physical what your physical body is you're a soul at the end of the day I always say that we're in we're in a bag of bones and um we, <laughs> a bag mm. of meat and bones that's all we are really yeah. so stop stop letting society rules old out of date society rules tell you who to be um, mm. and just be who you are yeah. and uh, that's a really really fantastic way to end on that note so I wanted to thank you so, so much for this conversation. It's gone in places that I never expected it would, which is wonderful. <laughs> Half of my questions I, I are so irrelevant, which is I just love because I haven't asked them and it went somewhere else and I love that. And it's really, really enjoyable conversation for me and I'm I'm very grateful for your your time and your humour and your your honesty and also for saying the word vagina on my podcast <laughs> I want to thank you for doing that so. yeah. oh, thank you <laughs> and how can people find you I, I uh, you talk about clients and people around the world um, if anyone wants to get in touch I know you do a lot of spiritual yeah. work as well so how can yeah. people get in touch um, so it's uh, Wellbeing, all one word dot com fantastic fantastic <laughs> all righty well thank you so much Chrissy uh, on that i'd like to say goodbye and say to everyone else you've been listening to drawn to a deeper story thanks so much for listening thank you thank you thank bye you. bye, -bye. <laughs>